welcome to episode 32 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. What's up? What do we have? Fucking an empty room? No, you just started. Yeah, no, I know. You're just introducing it. Oh, Emma, Emma is that what yeah. I'm doing now? Yeah. Did you sleep last night? Yes, I did. Okay, fine. Continue. All right. <laughs> well, that fine gentleman's voice. We have the return, you see, because we try to keep our word here, and the two individuals we have on the show were on previously at two different times, and both of those episodes we said that we will have you back when certain things come to fruition. So therefore, sticking to our guns, we have the return of Mr. Drew Stone and Hello. Mr. Michael Alago. Hello. Thank you for Hi. having us back. Anytime, Good to Drew. have you guys back. Jo- why don't you share the microphone with Johnny? Okay. Fucking, uh, All on right. You think this you moron knows how to play? Yeah. Well, no, no. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. The world revolves around me. Wait a minute. It almost feels like... Yeah, yeah, but why? I feel, I feel like we, I'm too far. You're not. You just oh, lean why in are we and you speak. At 11 Did we do a sound check? When everyone, fe- it feels like everyone either just went to bed or had two hours sleep. Yeah, this why is, are we this doing is, it this early? By yeah. the way, for those that are listening, it's 11 o'clock in the morning, and okay. we're here because Jimmy Ferrari has to fucking work. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But and I, wait yeah. a minute. We, at we what say time? The F, we say the F word here. Yeah. yeah okay. Fine. I'm just asking. But we. But I work from one o'clock till nine thirty. So it's either we do it now or we do it at ten o'clock at night. All right, ten o'clock is too late. <laughs> so now it's too early. No. Hey, what are you gonna do? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm yeah. fine too. It's gonna be great. Okay, great. I think it's great that we're starting the day with a really good conversation. <laughs> oh, I do too. That's, I mean, I love yeah. that. <laughs> Let's just spin it. It's great. Yeah, we can spin, spin it. it. Spin it. <laughs> the Fox spin room. It's good. It's good. Keep, keep it a positive, Johnny. I did a yeah. little. I did a little AA meeting this morning, and that's now good. we're at uh, Blast Furnish Productions in Brooklyn. Mm. Yeah, that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. That's how I rolled <laughs> on a Tuesday morning. That's that's. It's all good. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. And I'm glad to be back anyway. So <laughs> glad to have you back. Good to have yeah. you back. Um, yeah, you guys. You know, since the last time we saw you, you guys have been on this. You know, not to use. Well, I guess the word is really kind of makes sense, but you guys have been on this journey. Mm-hmm. We've been on a roll. Movie. Yeah. Promoting this movie. Oh, on a Kaiser yeah. roll. Oh, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of crazy <laughs> because, you know, we were like, we've been excited since about July 25th. Because mm-hmm. on July 25th, uh, the movie started on Amazon and iTunes. Right. And then what happened, fast well, forward to. Well, for the people that are listening, me. what movie oh. are you talking about? Oh, oh, thank you for. Cutting me off. Sorry. Uh, who nope. the fuck is that guy? The fabulous journey of Michael Olago. So that's go. what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, so yes. So since like July 25th, we've been on this roll. But what really wound up happening is that September 1st, it got it started to uh, play on Netflix. Right. And Netflix is global, mm-hmm. and it really was. I don't know. I think kind of surprising. How many people have really seen the movie now? You know, for a while it was like the number one most, oh, they don't say downloaded, they say streamed right. uh, documentary on Netflix. And I felt that because that first week I got 1,200 messages from wow. people. That's awesome. Wow. No, no, insane. From New York to Colombia mm-hmm. to Italy, Paris, Spain. Uh, and it's been incredible. And, yeah. you know, the beauty of that, just real quick, is that. People take away something different mm-hmm. from the film, and that's sure. incredible. And you know, some people are like, "Dude, you signed Metallica." Of course, I mean that's right. the most common one, sure. and that uh, <laughs> you know it changed everything that I started listening to, and I wanted to start listening to like-minded bands, to young people who who 
Well, this one specific kid from Columbia, he said, you know, man, uh, I'm so happy that you're such an open person because I live with my parents in Columbia and I have HIV. And if I ever told my dad, he would probably murder me. So, you know, that week I thought... I'm not writing back to 1,200 people. So I had three cups of tea, I looked at the computer, and I said thank you to everyone, except young people who were like struggling and stuff, Mm -hmm. that I sent them messages of faith and hope, and it's just what you kind of do, you know, to help people out. Well, so you you read every one of those emails. I did, every, no, you don't understand, I told you I had a lot of caffeine. (laughs) I had a a lot of caffeine that morning, and I really just looked at the computer, and I just started typing, Mm -hmm. and you know, People respond to that, and people like that. And when you when you are that kind, and people respond to you, when you respond to people, they tell their friends about the movie. Sure. And then you know, people have responded to us and have said, you know, we saw the movie two and three times, and we're gonna have a party this weekend, invite all our friends over now. Mm-hmm. So it's really kind of been a blessing. And That's you know, great. I don't know. I think we're both excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you sure. Can speak now, Drew. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. As, yeah. as far as the well, Netflix, honey, I told you the caffeine. As far as the Netflix thing goes, uh, we knew that, uh, you know, we were excited about the film coming out on Netflix. And not that I was ignorant to it, I didn't really put much thought into it that, you know, on the release date, that it really, it it was a worldwide release. Mm -hmm. You know, we think, okay, great, it's coming out on Netflix on this day, kind of thinking America or whatever. As soon as it came out, I started hearing from people, you know, in in France, in Germany, in, 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 you know, South America. Because Netflix is different in different countries. You don't get all the same pro, all, all the same. So this is this well. Is, one thing's for sure: international distribution for the one movie, thing's which for is sure. incredible. It's the big stage. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's nothing bigger mm-hmm. right now yeah. in our world. <clears throat> if you have a film that's on Netflix. It's the big stage. Yeah. Now, Drew, did you get hit up with like twelve hundred ideas of what you should do next, <laughs> bro? Everyone in their mother has like thinks you know thinks I have yeah. the ability the, to greenlight their project yeah. for Netflix, Netflix, and that I personally have a conduit to Netflix right, right, for right, them right. and their project. Right, right, right. So, but listen, it's all um, it's all very um, flattering, and I'm very grateful, and. Um, you know, for, for for the opportunity to 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 have my my film on there, and and it's been great. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a matter of just sorting through, you know, what uh, you know. You just have to sort through the stuff. And for me, uh, probably one of the more uh, one of the exciting things that's come to me uh, through this film and through people being able to see this film is. Um, the uh, manager for Slim Jim Phantom of the Stray Cats got in touch with me about doing a rockabilly film. And that came directly as a result of, you know, uh, the Alago film being on Netflix and just, you know, people seeing the work. So for me, that's, that's a big, uh, that's what it's sort of about. You know, I don't have to start again from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's the momentum from this film and my other film, the New York Hardcore Chronicles mm-hmm. film. So... That's exciting, and, and you know, I'm trying to move that forward right now. And uh, but but it's like uh, like Alago was saying, it's it's been a great ride, and um, the film really resonates with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's really a, it's really a film about someone that just loves music, and in a way that's sort of the least common denominator that so many people can relate to because that's something that you know. Uh, resonates with all of us, so it, it touches a lot of people. And and I think a big part of it is in the world that we live in. I made a 
really I made a rock and roll film that moves really fast mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and, and it runs 72 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that works for a lot of people, sure. yeah. Yeah. you know, it's 72 minutes and, and we, we've talked about this many times and, and listen, when I make a film, I'm not very tyrannical about it or, or I'm not a dictator. I enjoy watching it with other people and getting feedback and sort of letting, you know, figuring it out. And we watched the film many, 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 many times and sort of really trimmed the fat and, and cut it down and, and, and played Tetris with all this stuff. You know, we really, really, you know, that film was put together very meticulously, mm-hmm. you know, and... Uh, it was like four, year, four years to make it? Soup to nuts, it was four years. Yeah. We, had, we had some um, missteps along the way, and there were some lulls in the action, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, uh, top to bottom, it, it was four years. Mm-hmm. You know, it... it uh, it, it, it took a little while, mm-hmm. but you know, uh, I must say that in the end, it, it got on the big stage, and and we're, we're both really grateful for that. Yeah, it's awesome. Cause I I, saw, I was there at the world premiere in mm-hmm. the city, and then mm-hmm. and then once I saw it on Netflix, I watched it twice on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So like after like the second and even the third time that I watched it, it's like. You know, obviously, the first initial time you watch it, you can't take every single little thing in. So, but every other time that I watch it after that, you find a little something else, and it's an awesome film, man. Fuck, how do you think I feel? I've watched the thing 500 times. (laughs) Hey, um, just to take it back to the big stage for a moment, um, on the way to get coffee, me and Michael were walking, and uh, we were talking, and I asked him this question, and and I kind of, he told me we should wait. (laughs) <laughs> on it and talk about it here because it's actually a really interesting question because you know you 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 speak about Netflix being the big stage right now and mm-hmm. honestly it really truly is yeah mm-hmm. you know um, and it's like an undeniable fact at this point um, but I asked Michael I was like what does it feel like to be like a person on Netflix like to be this person this 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 like the you know the the central character in this movie that's got to be like like what does that feel like you know. It feels real good. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, I love it. I love it for many reasons. You know, at first, it's you know, it's about the ego, mm-hmm. and um, and that's just kind of nice. And then, of course, uh, the response that the movie gets is just a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm loving that it's global, and mm-hmm. you know, that I hear from people all over the world. And now, of course, when I go to concerts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I love oh, this God. the most. Yeah. Everybody comes up to me like, "Are you that guy from who the fuck?" I said, "I am." <laughs> so everyone wants to take a picture, and everyone just wants to chat, and it's all just—it's—it's a, it's a good feeling. Yeah, and it's a good it. feeling that you know that I brought good music to the people mm-hmm. of a wide variety of music to the people. Yeah. Whether that's Swans, who I know we love talking oh, about, and God. I saw over the weekend, yeah. but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or was it you know recording Nina Simone or Cindy Lauper or Metallica? Mm-hmm. So everybody gets something different from it. And then, of course, because I've always been this person who's always been an out and open person, people just all take something away from the film. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all, everything's all been positive about sure. it. So it's a nice feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think sometimes when you are, when you live in the process, which I know, John, you know, uh, you can understand and Jeff, probably you know you as well. Um, when you're making music, you mean, but not Jimmy. When you're making music and stuff, um, you're, when you're sort of living in the process, mm-hmm. you know it's hard to you know have the perspective mm-hmm. of uh, you know uh, what it's going to be like when it's finished, or, mm-hmm. or try to look down the road. You're just so wrapped up in trying to you know get that done. And you know, for me, 
you know, being that the film took a couple years to do, um, and you know, th the end of it, you know, w you know, was pretty stressful. You know, nothing I couldn't handle, but you know, it it, it was it was stressful. That you know, you, you I'll keep it in the eye. You know, I sort of lost my perspective. You know, I, I knew because I've done other films that you know, down the road, I'm sure looking you know back, you know, the, you forget about all that stuff. But you know, until it like hit Netflix and all that, you know, um, then things really opened up. You know, and. You know, uh, Michael's the face of the film, of course, and he's in it. People stop him in the street and stuff mm -hmm. like that, and that, that's really great. Mm -hmm. You know, I directed the film, mm -hmm. and on, on a different level, you know, people, you know, it's probably the best work I've done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people reach out, and it's really nice when, when you know, people that uh, have supported me and, and have been behind me as an independent filmmaker as, and as an artist, you know, reach out and say, you know, it's just really great. I really enjoy it. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, you know, I busted my fucking ass for four years on this motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And now you're on Netflix and it's a I fucking mean, that's it's the a beautiful thing, yeah. thing, man. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and like like my father says, you know, it's really, a it's what it, what it really comes down to is, you know, you got the mo. We have the momentum. Right. And, you know, I want to carry that on. It, it carry that over into the next thing. And, and I think we're both, you know, that's what we're both, you know, trying to do here. You know, you don't want to let the momentum just grind to a halt sure. and then try to rebuild things from the ground up. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's like, like Alago said, it's just been, it's been a great run, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and our distributor, Accelerator, um, they, they, <clears throat> they've been great in their own right. I mean, look, they set up, a lot of PR for us to do, mm -hmm. and we did a lot of great PR for this film. We must have done 50, 60 things that yeah. they asked us to do. This wow. one's yeah. the best one, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but you know, but but so for me as a as a filmmaker, like the review that we got in Variety mm -hmm. was, and I'll never forget, you, you know, when we when you know the Variety review, my father was like, you couldn't pay someone to get a review like this. Mm -hmm. It was one of those great moments where the guy who interviewed me and Alago got it. He understood the film. He loved the film. You know, he fucking got it, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, once in a, you know, and then you get fucking people that don't get it all, like yeah. the fucking idiot that did the review that was saying that what that, that, that Leiden's like homophobic or something. Like, what the fuck are I you don't talking about? I even got that from. Yeah, it was it's ridiculous. So people come up with that. nonsense in their head and oh, just they come, yeah. know it. And, you sure. know, that, I think that same interview was like, how does, your sexual, how does your sexuality play into working with artists? And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't play into that yeah. at all. Why would it's it? About, it's about the music yeah. and about making the best records with these artists that one can make. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, but that's how it is, right? Yeah. We all know that. Right. Sure. It, yeah. You know, it, it's, you put yourself out there as an artist and you know you got to be ready to take the the bad with the good mm -hmm. yeah. sure. you know and even even with, with my other film the new york hardcore chronicles film and i say this often that when i made that film mm -hmm. i knew there were certain people that no matter what i do mm -hmm. are still not going to be happy and have something to say of course but well those are people who are unhappy characters to begin with Right, and but I feel like in a certain regard, yeah. as far as that film goes, I, I kind of have a strong chin, and I'm willing to take. I was willing to take it. I knew I was the, the right man for the job, right, and right. you just got to be. You know, you can't. You, uh, I, 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 like I said, I'll keep you in the eye. I know I can't 
react to everyone that responds oh, negatively sure. to the hey, fuck you. And there's people look in the world we live in on Facebook. You see that shit all the yeah. time. No, you can't. You can't. Like you can't. Right. And like, dude, like I just you know had that happen. We just had a couple situations happen here with drama going on. Like yeah. first it was like Antifa and that whatever. Yeah. And at first, dude, I'm on fucking Facebook responding to every negative thing. <laughs> like fuck you, you so right. and, and like, and I see then I see where shit's coming from. Like some dude's saying something from Ohio and blah, 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 who's yeah. never fucking been here before. Right. And then like, and I remember that there's a kid Chuck Taylor who listens to the fucking the, to the podcast. Yes, he's remember, a fellow gimmick ganger. Yeah, well, he responded like he saw me like commenting on. He's like, and I was on vacation. I was like in Florida, and I'm fucking responding to all this shit. And he's like, dude, you're on vacation. Stop looking at this shit. <laughs> you fucking see that? relax. Yeah, and it's like you can't, you can't feed into it. It'll make you fucking crazy. Yeah, sure. So like, I let shit just lie there because. In a half hour, it won't be significant. It won't anymore. be significant anymore. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. will be on to something else. That's yeah. the pro- That's the thing, man. It's that's like, the thing. I don't bite. You know it's what? Like a black you, abyss you can't that answer any. I don't answer down. any of that stuff anymore. Yeah. And you know what? You can't be everything no. to everybody. No, so no, you can't. It's not the way the world works. I think. I think part of it for me uh, is that. And not to quote Andy Warhol, because I'm not the biggest Andy Warhol fan, but I he, like Campbell's Soup. But but he has he had a quote that I really identify. <laughs> I love Polaroid film, and uh, <laughs> and that's um, you know while you're you know while people are critiquing your work, go out and make other art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and like that's sort of like the way I deal with it. You know, right. it's like as you're you know. What is it that you don't like about what I'm doing? Is it the Alago film? Is it the hardcore film? Is it the Boston hardcore film? Is it the nine street bike films that I did? Is it the 30 music videos I did? Is it Antidote? Is it the Drew Stone Hit Squad? Is it the High and the Mighty? Take a number and get at the back of the fucking line because as you're kind of groaning about that, I'm out making new art and that's just yeah, that's yeah. just what I'm doing, man. Yeah. I cool. love the shameless self promotion. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He was rattled off. I'm like. <laughs> It's all good. Yes. And funny. And, uh, at the same time. But yeah. whatever. I'm just saying, like, you know. I, I, he even threw the high and the mighty in there. And I know. That, quote, was, and that quoted, was stretching. And quoted Andy Warhol. Let me touch you, so to speak. <laughs> we can't say those things in these current times that we, <laughs> we live in. We can say whatever the hell we want to say. Okay, great. So. Looking, looking back on on the film. Yes. Are there, here we are. However, what are we? It, we're, I think we're what six months now. Which it was released in in well July was July twenty fifth was Amazon and iTunes. So July, August, September, October. That's only four months. No. Wow, what a whirlwind. Listen, you know what's yeah. so funny is for all crazy. the people who have reached out to us, mm-hmm. there are still many people who are coming. Uh, yeah. To speak to us Even or, this morning on, In the news feed And say yeah, yeah. You know Sorry we still haven't seen the film sure. But we're so excited It's in my queue mm-hmm. So All I right. tell them now yeah, Move yeah, yeah. it to the fucking front Of the queue already you yeah. You've been telling me this For three weeks yeah. <laughs> Well I think it's on Netflix For the next, for the next I, think I think it was they, a two year deal A, deal, a two year yeah. deal oh, yeah, I mean, no, that's, yeah. that's amazing, yeah, that's that's awesome. amazing. And then it's not just Netflix It's it's iTunes And Amazon right, And right, Hulu right. And Scooby Dooby Dooby And Yabba Dabba All that shit You know I don't know Scooby Dooby And Yabba Dabba it's, uh, the, but, it's hey, the lingo listen, these yeah, days. Yeah, listen, these but you know what's so great? Play. Because I always get like a kick of when I open Netflix up, and there it is. <laughs> it just, you know, there is me and James Hetfield, and then there's a Bowie doc. 
the Trolls movie <laughs> and sure, all this yeah. like incredible stuff. Yeah. Or they have a section on the front page called Popular on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times we're like the first movie there. And That's I'm like, awesome. oh, yes. I love that so many people yeah. are watching this. Yeah. And I really do. And yeah. it's, just, it's just exciting, mm-hmm. you know? What are your thoughts about Nina Simone being, uh, being nominated as an inductee for this year's Hall of Fame? Well, it's extraordinary that people still remember her mm-hmm. and have that kind of respect for her. And I hope she gets inducted. Yeah, I think it's her first time that she's been nominated. That is correct. Yeah, first time. Yeah. You know, when, I start, when we started doing the film, I didn't really know who Nina Simone was. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Yeah, I did not. I mean, I sort of... Peripherally, vaguely knew I've she was some like heavy some... duty, yeah. you know, um, black singer, mm-hmm. a la like Shirley Bassey. Yeah, she's like or, a soul broad, right? right or, uh, <laughs> you know, um, something like that. So that was uh, that was yeah. Yeah. interesting and exciting to to learn who Nina Simone was and and. Uh, <laughs> And the clip that we have in the film, mm-hmm. you know, is a really powerful clip, which we paid to license. Um, I mean, coming into it kind of fresh, when I saw that clip, I was like, man, that is the clip. Yeah, right, Michael? Well, you know what's so wild about it? It's from the 1976 Montreux Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. And when we saw the, the clip together, Drew and I, we knew, like, this is it. Yeah. And people who watch the film, even who don't know anything about her, when they see that clip and we're at that segment on Nina... You hear in the audience like, wow, or clapping happens because that's the power that this woman had anytime she performed live. It was like that wow factor. Mm -hmm. And she was not like anybody else out there and still ever. You know, this is a woman who who sang uh, Jacques Brel songs and reinterpreted Bob Dylan and George Harrison. And she made these songs her own Mm. because she knew how to get into the heart of the matter of the song. And you think, did she write these songs? But, you know, you knew that they were covers. But she was quite the artist. Oh, my favorite. My favorite. I think that's part of the thing that balances this film out is it's not just... The heavy stuff, Metallica, sure. Metal Church, White Zombie. You got Cindy uh, Lauper in there. Yeah. Right. Nina Simone. Nina Simone, Cindy Lauper. I, I think that really balances out. Yeah, there it's are cool. still it's cool su- how it some takes surprises. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's a well balanced film. Yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah. And it also, it also. Um, I really appreciate the animation in it. Also, yeah. it's great. Oh, it's people, people scream over the animation. Yeah, it's funny. You shit. know, one day yeah. uh, Drew was on. Where were you on? That you found Tim Thompson. No, I, I, I the oh, way, the oh, way you were. Well, I didn't just stumble across him. No, no. Go ahead. You tell it. Then. I wanted to. <laughs> I felt that the film. I thought that animation it would be a great way to move the narrative in the film. And, and also I felt like I, I was catching certain things in the film that I thought if they were animated would, would not only move the, the, the narrative along, but they were fucking funny. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. You know? It was great. And so I sort of had this vision in my head. I saw a couple other films like Searching for the Sugar Man and the Bad Brains documentary mm-hmm. that had animation in it and sort of got me thinking about it. So once I got going on that... Um, I put an ad on Craigslist uh, and for animators. And, and I remember initially I explained it to Alago, and he really didn't had his doubts. He didn't understand it at first, which is understandable. You know, I sort of had a vision for it. And then I made my way through about 10 different animators. Hmm. And I, I, arri- I arrived at uh, Tim Thompson from Toronto. Mm-hmm. And because I liked his animation was, was sort of throwback 
like I don't want to say Bugs Bunny, but but like but sort of also kind of like a simplicity that worked. Yeah. And 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 and, and, and I'm a fan of that sort of animation. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't and it wasn't like computer generated. Yeah. It didn't have that like modern computer shit to it. It was very like what my dad used to do in the '60s. It was very sort of like you know frame by frame by frame. You know, not cluttered and and, and very sort sort of um, I don't know if basic is the word, but but. You know, it, it wasn't um, it wasn't real busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but 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 I liked I like how he how he um, portrayed how he drew people and, and their character their characteristic his caricatures mm-hmm. his caricatures of, of people, and um, you know he he did a mock up and and we loved it and we just started rolling and then at a certain point we had a couple in the film. Um, a couple of segments that were animated, and then we decided, you know, we love this and people love this, you know. And then we, we he did one more in the end, mm-hmm. and and we got that in yeah, there. It's about That's five fantastic. bits of animation, yeah. and you know, at that time when Drew reached out to him. He had not met us at all. Yeah. So Drew sent him some pictures. And the second time he sent back all the animation, he just got it. Yeah. And, you know, people scream when they see the animation. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, so it is funny. funny. It's great. And, you know? and what was cool, too, is, you know, I, I, I don't think he... Maybe was that the first time he was in New York when he came to the premiere? He came down from Toronto mm-hmm. to the premiere that, that was uh, a Theater 80. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... Uh, you know, I I, I I I shouted him out, and he was just so thrilled. It was just so nice to see that, you know, as an artist, he, you know, he got, you know, he had a nice moment here in New York, and he deserved it. He worked hard on the film, and you know, that, that was a nice premiere we had. Uh, I, I was going to say that, on that, that first yeah, of all, that, that theater is so awesome. Oh, theater eighty, it's fantastic. so beautiful. St. Mark's yeah. and, place, and that. That night, that premiere was just such a great event. I was so I was I was there as well, and mm-hmm. I was so happy to be there to see so many cool people yeah. of, of all different aspects of mm-hmm. different industries. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was just such a great night. The Q and A was awesome. Yeah, everything about it, seeing the film there, was just great. Everything. Well, I think I think it was just one of those um, moments that really everything kind of came together because we have a New York film that. In the film, we talk about St. Mark's mm-hmm. Place, yeah. and here we are screening the world premiere of the film right on St. Mark's Place. Yeah. Great, you know, Great and in an old theater. Look, look, there's a lot of the old is gone in New York. Sure. So it's one of the rare and and take it from a filmmaker, it's hard to book films in New York City. You know, it really is. It's not like you know you have a lot of choices. You know, most of these you know quote unquote theaters like really don't give a shit. You know, so I imagine you got to do it at schools and stuff like that is mm-hmm. where you got to book most like doing stuff like that. You got to kind of do schools and stuff like that. I would well, assume. Look, the, let's be frank. The theater 80 screening, you know, went that way because we bought the theater out. Right, right, right. You know, and you, you got to have balls if you want to conquer the world, right? And yeah. it's just like, you know, you got to, you know, you got to roll the dice and, and you know, you, you, we bought the room out. And actually, it wasn't us. I, I, we got the, uh, we got the distributor to buy the room out, cool. and uh, fortunately, but don't worry, it's all recoupable on our sure, end. Sure, yeah. But but, but um, you basically did. Yeah. You right. basically exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They fronted it. You did. But it was yeah. just really. It was a really uh, a really nice um, you know screening mm-hmm. in yeah. New York, and, and really the other was. screenings we had were great too. We did we did two other screenings at the Nighthawk Cinema in great. Brooklyn, great which movie. is a great room. We we, we love that room, mm-hmm. and uh, and that went really really was. Really Really uh, great, great as well. So, what I wanted to ask you was, looking back, Alago, um, is there anything 
in the film now that that um, really still resonates or really sort of you know now that the film's done you know still rings for you well, yeah, I mean, I, there's many things that I love about the film. You know, all the animation. I laugh every time I see all five bits of animation. Uh, because Nina Simone was, is my favorite artist of all time, I just am always so happy to see her there. You know, she passed in 2003. And, you know, she's just someone that I listen to all the time. Uh, I love that we were able to... Uh, put a band that I love in the movie called Borgo Pass. Mm -hmm. They're from Long Island. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, helping somebody or trying to give somebody a break is what, like, we all try sure. to do. Of help. Especially, you know, you book bands here at Lucky 13. Mm -hmm. They're new bands. You're helping somebody out. So there's a lot of things. And I'm just glad that all the artists that uh, said yes and mm -hmm. showed up, I totally appreciated that. Mm -hmm. And some of them are quite funny, you know. Mm -hmm. There's no one like John Lydon. Yeah. Um, we love John Lydon. Character. What a character. Oh, Absolutely. And, you know, to think that in 1977, when all the, the, the punk movement was happening and all, they made one album, The Sex Pistols. Yeah. One album. It's fucking crazy, right? If you think it's about it. Amazing. Yeah. But this is a person like John who has foresight and insight, and he's still relevant and yeah. with his band Public Image Limited. Yeah. So a lot of things resonated for me. It's I, crazy. You know, I love it that overall. One Sex Pistols record still is relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's fucking. Absolutely. Yeah, and believe me. And, and other people borrowed that sound of along the way. Yeah. And believe me, when it came time to interview Leiden, <laughs> I was a little nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I'm I, sure. I've interviewed a lot of people, you know, and uh, in, in the past couple of years between, you know, all the films and everything. And that was one person that really uh, had me concerned, yeah. you know, because he was just such an incredible influence on me personally. Mm -hmm. Like, look, the Metallica guys, cool. But those are guys my age. We sort of came up together. We're influenced by the same thing. I feel like, you know, those are almost like peers of mine that, sure. that sort of did well. You know, right. I remember before they hit it big, Yo, Lydon changed the face of, the, of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, John, yeah. Johnny Rotten changed, you know, the, the planet Earth, mm -hmm. you know, basically. And to me, there's really only a handful of people like that that are out there. He's one of them. Bob Dylan's another one that are still alive. Sure. Mm -hmm. Like he's one, Dylan's one, Paul McCartney's one. To me, Roger Waters is one. You know, um, there's not a lot of people. And 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 like who's gone? Well, Kurt Cobain was one. He's gone. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's not a lot of people. Well, so many people from that, as they said, the 27 Club. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's yeah. dead at 27. Yeah. Do you think that'll ever happen again? Well, I hope not, but it could. I don't think it'll ever happen. You mean again. music changing yeah. like that? Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the 27 Club. Oh. No, not the 27 Club. You mean like somebody changing, but, but like well, what know, else it, could be done? It's yes, just, I, I, it's got to happen. Well, it's it's, like, it's just not going to look the way that. Right. It's not going to yeah. look the way it, that we think it's our generation look. is acclimated to looking right. at. It. You're right. It's like when I look and at That's the point of it all, too. That's right. You know, it's all cyclical and everything does change. That's right. And you know what? Let's hope we are surprised. By the next big thing, right? Yeah, and and I, like, look, I have a teenage uh, a teenage son, and just 
you know, from what he gravitates to and what he's into is very different than from our generation. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a DJ and he does DJing. And, you know, DJing is not like putting records on a turntable. No. They're like musicians now. Yeah. Like the, today's DJs are looked upon as like musicians and they're doing original music and they're doing all this stuff. And that was, that was um, sort of enlightening to me to see that. Because I thought, oh, you want to be a DJ? What do you mean? Just like fucking spin records? You know, like, not all right. At all. But, but. So he sort of hit me to like like what these DJs are doing, and you know it's different different um, avenues open up. Sure. And, and I just think that you know artists today, uh, I think a lot of the lines are blurred now. It's like music, film, you know, video games. I think a lot of this stuff sort of cross pollinates. So mm -hmm. what's it going to look like next? It might look like some sort, you know, it might be a hybrid of everything. Right. And there's not one outlet anymore either. There's not just the radio yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. there's... Oh, well, thank God it's not just the radio because half of the music we know and love Nobody in the world yeah. would ever hear. Yeah. Right, right. You know, no, exactly. you know. I used to always talk about. I'll make this kind of quick about AM radio. Back in the day, AM radio was not heavily formatted, mm -hmm. so you could hear Grant Funk and Creedence Clearwater Revival, mm -hmm. and uh, then you hear Aretha Franklin and you hear R and B stuff. And now these days, you know, FM radio is so heavily formatted that you get the same top 40 songs yeah. that are all friggin' homogenized. Yeah. Everybody sounds the same. Voices are auto-tuned. Mm -hmm. And those songs get played 10 times a day, 20 times a day, the yeah. same songs. And that's, but that's why FM radio died. Like, that's absolutely. Why, you know, yeah. You're absolutely it's right. Well, the same it's great that, like themselves. you were starting to say, and I don't know if I interrupted you, no. Jeff, but that... There are all these media outlets these yeah, days. Sure. And like these days, also young people say, you know, Michael, I wish I was at CBGB back in the day. I wanted to see the Dead Boys or I wanted to see uh, the Plasmatics. And there's a beauty to Google. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. you know what? Yeah. I know it's not the same, but if you click on Plasmatics at the pier on the West Side Highway, you get that huge performance art piece where she just drives the bus into the Hudson River. Mm -hmm. Or you get the Dead Boys clip that we uh, purchased from Rod Swenson, mm -hmm. who created the Plasmatics. But he is also was also a filmmaker, is a filmmaker, and we got that incredible Dead Boys clip from him. So it's, it's nice that even though one couldn't be there, mm -hmm. but you get all these clips yeah, in on on YouTube, on well, Google, and wherever. And you know, it's funny too. People say like I have some younger kids who hang out here too. Say that too, like you know, oh man, I wish I was around for this and that. You're making your own. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're gonna see for bands sure. that you know the kids are gonna say this to you. You know what I mean? Twenty so, years from now, exactly. I mean, now exactly. we have Saint Vitus. We have Lucky Thirteen. Yeah, yeah, I wish yeah, I was yeah. Lucky Thirteen when Ramallah played that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, speaking of yeah. the Dead Boys, they were just here at Lucky Thirteen Saloon. Yeah, they just played here. Was it Halloween? Yeah, Halloween yeah. they played here. Yeah, I yeah. got to see them at the Bowery Electric this time. Oh, cool. And you know nice. what? It was so good. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, we love Stib Baders. Mm -hmm. It's been, I think he passed in 1994. Mm -hmm. So this new singer that the Dead Boys have now is just carrying on that tradition. Right. And I appreciate that because those songs are good. Mm -hmm. You know, they're almost like timeless songs. You know, mm -hmm. those first two albums, Young, Loud, and Snotty, and what was the second one? We Have Come For Your Children. Yeah. 
awesome records. Yeah, man. And it's great to see, uh, for me, because I started the Dead Boys fan club when I was 15 years old, it was incredible to see Johnny Blitz and mm -hmm. Cheetah Chrome, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think they're coming back around January 29th mm -hmm. next year, 2018, to do Bowery Electric again. That's wow. awesome. Yeah, cool. I was, you know, you a saw them play there? Where? At Where? Bowery Electric? Yeah, I told you that. Recent, just recently. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. Michael, oh, Drew Ma Stone. Ma Michael to Drew. They were really nice. Also. They, were, they were actually really nice guys. Also. Oh yeah. I was a little like. It's funny when like a lot of like uh, older like guys come in here. Like I kind of I keep my I say hello, introduce myself, say if you need anything, I'm here. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And then I back up. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I don't really want to get to know you because I don't want. You know what I mean? Like what you don't I, want I don't, to crash your fantasies. Yeah, exactly. I don't. Yeah. I don't. You know what? Well, I'm, sometimes so, you should not meet your idols. Yeah, Trust that's true. So, but they like I was like standing out front. They were coming up to me. Talking, had good conversation. They were very nice. Oh, it was like, because I mean, just, um, I mean, the murder junkies came in not long ago. They weren't nice guys. You know what I mean? They were kind of dicks. So, <laughs> well, it's, you know, sometimes with bands like the murder junkies, and um, it's like when I did the, uh, when I did the typo negative video, Black Number One. Right. You know, they're typo negative. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't really too easy to deal with. Right, right, right. You know, I don't have real great memories of doing that video. It was sort of part of their shtick. Right. You know, and, um, you know, doing that was, was, that was a difficult video. And the video ended up really sort of turnkeying things for them. And, but you know, some bands, you know, kind of feel like that's, you know, part of their thing is to sort of be assholes or right, whatever. Right, you right. Know. I'm not saying typo negative or assholes. Right. You know, just saying that experience. Yeah, not I mean, you know, and then, uh, you know, I, I think to a certain extent, um, you know, and some people are just really gracious, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and that's but I just, think in that situation, you then probably go into your own creative mode, your own director mode, and you can't pay attention to their negativity because your job is to just make the best piece of work that you can make and it was fucking fabulous if it happened now more so yes when it happened 20 oh, wow. 20 wow. something wow. years ago i just came right up against them uh -huh. and their manager ken creedy and uh you know it was um you know it was tough i love yeah. all the dropping names it was today. tough but but yeah. but, but, I, but i don't say that i don't say that with any animosity i like mm -hmm. ken and and i think i think typo negative was was, was uh, an incredible band mm -hmm. and a very influential band oh, and, yeah. and also i think like a one of a kind yeah for yeah. sure yeah, especially because of I mean, Steel. I was just oh, yeah. listen, I was just listening yeah. to them recently, and, and just the fact that you know a band like that came from Brooklyn mm -hmm. is just mind, is just right mind boggling. Yeah. You know, like a gothic mm -hmm. metal band with the like. They were incredible. I tuned know? out after Bloody Kisses, though. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, they I evolved into something that you know I feel like younger teenage girls yeah. like. I found it a little you know too boring. I mean? like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that Slow, Deep, and Hard record, though, was It's incredible. It. it was great. Because you got great. the two Carnival records, and you had the Slow, Deep, and Hard record, then you had the, the origin of the feces, which was technically, it said live from Brighton Beach, but it wasn't live. <laughs> and then you had Bloody Kisses, and then after that, I kind of... October, October Rust Rust cool. I, I yeah. dug that record. That's when I started to fade out, too. Yeah, I, got, I, fa I, fa I, I faded I out it. right after Bloody Kisses. You know, recently, yeah. I, um, I listened to the last record they did. The very last what one. What was it? A uh, world coming down. I think there was another one after that. Something about life. Something I don't know. No, I forgot that. I just had. I just listened to it. It was interesting. Like to give it a fresh listen. Mm -hmm. Maybe right, I'll. Right. You know, maybe they were I'll on, at that point. They were off Roadrunner and they were on um, 
SPV, mm. and an interesting record to listen to. It was sort of going back. There was a lot of hard, fast stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but they were I great. Gotta, uh, but yeah, but you know, nowadays it's. Um, I think I just deal with things a little bit differently. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, you got some experience under your belt now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so quick to you know to get into it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know. You mentioned like we always say, right, Michael? Um, let's not react in the moment. Correct. Yes, the, everybody's a little too knee jerk reaction. Oh, yeah. Um, but you mentioned, like, you know, people being gracious. And, uh, you know, I noticed, like, one of the things I notice, um, Michael, whenever I look at your Facebook feed is, like, how many musicians you know that are, like, when, they, when you're backstage with them. You know, when you see people take photos with bands and, and artists, what the hell is wrong with you? I'm listening to you intently. Um, so close. Yeah. <laughs> So you know when you know when you you know you see people taking pictures backstage with bands mm-hmm. and it's like you know you see the picture and and you know maybe the guy maybe the musician's just being nice mm-hmm. but when I see photos of like you I saw a photo with you and Josh Hom I mean this guy is like clearly has an affection for you like mm-hmm. like a like and you can see it mm-hmm. and that's like I see that a lot with a lot of musicians you know and. Um, I find that really interesting because I don't see that often. Like when I see people going to shows all the time, they don't have that sort of connection to so many well, different I think sometimes people, all they do is walk up to the artists and go, oh, hi, I love your record. Can I take a picture with you? Right. You know, I only go out and see bands that I have great love and respect mm-hmm. for. And I think dare I say, those artists feel the same way about me. Mm-hmm. So I do love going back there and taking that picture and capturing the moment. Mm-hmm. And these days, what I've been doing as well, and I'll segue into another... Uh, I've been trying to get this in, but go ahead. Uh, is that, you know, when I go backstage now, I always have my iPhone with mm-hmm. me. And there's an application in the iPhone called Hipstamatic. Mm-hmm. And there's a uh, faux film <laughs> in there. Sure. It's a black and white. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the direction of my new photography is just all of these black and white mm-hmm. portraits. Mm-hmm. And I try to get some of them done in three minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, Arch Enemy was going on stage, and they said, we don't have time. I said, but you don't seem to understand. It's going to take 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And I snapped six things. One of them is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Alyssa, yeah, the singer. I said, just just stand in that light. It really, it's going to take two minutes. I took about a dozen images of her, and four of them are just so right on. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't give people time to think. Mm-hmm. They're just, you're in the moment with them, mm-hmm. and it can be exciting. It is for me. It's exciting, mm-hmm. and I just like that. You know, you don't have time to think about it. You just sure. get it done. Sure. And you know, I, I've already photographed these two characters uh-huh. here, so now I have to photograph you as sure. well. I'd love to. Um, and uh, so yeah, like my work is now, you know, not just half naked men anymore. Although sometimes it is, but it's just I love this application. I want everything to be high contrast and black and white, mm-hmm. and that's going to probably be the direction for the next year or so of what the work is going to look like. And uh, Jimmy is in one of my um, is one of the portraits that I shot and I'm part of a group show in Asbury Park. Calm down. Yes, Jimmy Ferrari is one of the four images that I am showcasing at a gallery on, uh, excuse me, on Cookman Avenue. It's at the gallery. It's called 629. That's the address, 629 Cookman Avenue. This Thursday. Cookman is where, in Brooklyn? No, Asbury Park. I thought I said, I'm sorry. sorry. Yes, 629 Cookman is at Asbury Park. And the show is going to be up for about five weeks. Uh, This coming Thursday, I'm taking place. There's. 
something called Art Walk that mm. I'm uh, going to be part of. So uh, it's, it's very exciting, and I like what this new body of work looks like, and people are responding really very positively to the work. So Fantastic. hopefully maybe that'll be one of my next books, um, but that's definitely the slant of what the work looks like. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Are you guys going to the Agnostic Front film on Saturday? I didn't even know. I'm, no? Uh, I had my daughter. I didn't have my daughter this weekend, mm -hmm. so... I went to a wedding this weekend in Philly, so this day, this coming weekend, I have my daughter. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be where, there. Where is it? Where is it at? SVA Theater. Oh, it's at SVA. Cool. So wait, John, was that what you were going to ask me about? I was actually asking you about <laughs> the, um, your relationship to so many different artists. Oh, okay. Like even, even the photo I saw of you and Michael Jira from Swans. Oh. There was a photo with that. You had a photo right. with that. I think he was smiling. He was, it was yeah. a semi-smile. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I really, really... That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? About. Like, that guy, yeah. a photo with him, yeah. and he's partially smiling. Yes. He doesn't smile? No. Michael Zira? No. no. That's a, you know... Never heard of that. Everything guy. is drop dead they serious. Did that, with they him. did two shows this weekend, right? I think three. Uh, three. three. Oh, was they it did three? three. I went to the first I, I of the three. I didn't go. Right. I it was. This is the last. This is this weekend was the last concerts with this version right. of Swans well, and okay. these six musicians right. who are extraordinary. Um, and you know, I always say if you haven't seen Swans, mm -hmm. you know, bands play on ten, they play on twelve. I still relentlessly and majestically mm -hmm. for two hours yeah. straight. It's, and you gotta be ready. You really do. And if you're not ready Leave yeah. the fucking room. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you partially go deaf a little bit for moments after yeah. the show is over. And for me, like, that, that's part of the reason I even go. Yeah. I, I take it all in. It's really intense. And it's like, oh, I can't hear. But I know I'll hear in a little while. So <laughs> it's all good. Mm -hmm. I actually saw um, the last time they were at Warsaw, I saw Chelsea Wolfe. And open up for Swans. Oh yes, which was really, really an incredible lineup. Uh -huh. I was just like blown away. I couldn't believe seeing them in the same room, mm -hmm. the same night. Just, what a great show! And they were incredible. I mean, Swans was—they're always amazing. I've never seen them play. And I've, I've never, I've never, never even heard a note. They have an I've never seen them either, and I was really bummed I missed this this time them playing too. I just didn't have it in me. They yeah. have a really interesting way um, they perform live. I mean, they used to do like what most bands do—they go and they play their songs that they've written and rehearsed in the past their process is they perform and they kind of basically improvise yeah. but they as their tour sort of like progresses they build on these themes that they create and yeah. that's the that becomes the material for the next album sure. so it's a really interesting process mm -hmm. because sort you're of. actually watching them create music it's, for their next record it's sort of very Frank Zappa-ish it is who would go out on tour and uh, would um, you know play a bunch of music nobody ever heard, mm -hmm. uh, you know, work it up as the tour went, and were, he would record the stuff, and then he would lift, you know, a guitar lead from that version and do this, and like take pieces of it, and then build it, and that would be the next record. And, and yeah. you hear the next Studio Zappa record, and it would have like a guitar, live guitar lead from here, and the drum yeah. from there, and he would take, and that's how he claimed that he would um, pay for his tours. Mm -hmm. Huh. Pretty and crazy. It's interesting because that's how Swans, what they do is they'll take a lot of that material, the demos from that material, or some of the live performances from that material, they'll package it and sell it to their diehard fans. Yeah, there you and go. And then take the money from that and fund the actual recording. Yeah, the there you go. 
same so, story. Same. Really yeah. brilliant. And and Michael Gira's label, Young Gods. Young Gods. Like, what, yes. an inspir- what an inspiration, man. They're, I love that label. I love the aesthetic of it. I love the music oh, he the puts out. The aesthetic is so, so it's cool. simple it is. and powerful so all at once. So many people have ripped that off. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Every time I see Michael record, is I'm like, extraordinary. Come on, man. I have great, great respect he for is. Michael. He He's uh, one of a kind. Mm-hmm. He also is one of those people who are like, wow. Yep. I agree. Love this guy. Yeah. Anyway. Very cool. Sweet. So what else is so, going on? Yeah. Um, I was going to say. Wasn't that enough? Yeah. What? Uh, so, Drew. Thanks, uh, me, personally, I only have about 10 more minutes. But Oh, excuse me. No, but you guys you keep going. No, I'm real not early. saying that. It's okay. What's that? Where are we at? John, please. What's that, John? You were going to say? I was going to ask you guys some. So you have this new film. You had a couple of other things in the works, in the, in the works, though, Drew, that uh, last yeah. time we spoke to you, they, I guess they got put on the back burner or put on hold because you have this new project going no, on? No, no, there's still things happening. Um, it looks like on Martin Luther King Jr. Day mm-hmm. in, um, in January, I'm doing a screening of the Muhammad Ali documentary, Me We, which is the Ali film that my dad did in the 70s. That um, I'm in control of now. That's so crazy. That isn't that insane? It's, yeah. my, it's Ali, and it's from the '70s, and it's never been put out there. Yeah. Well, it, what happened was in the in the '70s, my dad did this Ali documentary, shot it on 16 millimeter, um, kind of paid for it himself. Uh, it's got like Jim Brown in it, and Phyllis Diller, and and Jerry Lewis, and. Um, you know, all the Ali characters. And it's not really a boxing film. It's more like a lifestyle film. Okay. And it runs a half hour, and my dad did it. It was sort of, you know, um, in, in a lot of ways, there's a parallel here between, you know, sort of what he did with that film and what I did with the Ilago film. And because after that film uh, came out, it screened on HBO a bunch of times in 1977. Hmm. And then it went into a draw for 40 years. And then recently, my dad gave me the film, and I did a new film to tape transfer. My cousin Alan Dubin color corrected it. We did an audio mix. And now we're going to do a screening at um, the JCC on the Upper West Side on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And we're looking to bring in former Mayor David Dinkins and you know maybe Mike Tyson and a few other people that have like kind of a... Um, Big celebration. Yeah, for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yes, of course. And, and for this Ali film that hasn't been seen in years. And then after that, you know, it's going to be launched on iTunes. and, mm-hmm. and That's um, awesome. And uh, <clears throat> net, not, not Netflix, excuse me, iTunes and Amazon. Amazon and, and, and that yeah. And that mm-hmm. whole bit. So that's a film that's very near and dear to my heart because, you know, my dad did it in the 70s. Of and, course. You know, um, and... I'm blessed because basically, you know, the momentum that I talked about before, you know, coming off the Alago film and the New York Hardcore Chronicles film is enabling me to, to get stuff like this out there. People are asking, hey, what are you doing? You know, what else you got? What are mm-hmm. you doing? And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, th- this is something that... Uh, and also what's happening with this, and we'll see what happens, is that there's other people doing big Muhammad Ali documentaries. Mm-hmm. And people are like, what? There's something out there that hasn't been seen in 40 years. So now there's a few people sniffing around the fire hydrant, you know, regarding, you know, this little film that I have. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they want a piece of it Mm -hmm. or something like that. So, you know, because there's footage in there that that hasn't been seen, you know, that's really... uh, So exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And And, and the screening, is it private or is that something that people can buy tickets for? You can, yeah, yeah, I think tickets are going to be available. Okay. I'm not... Guest list me up, bro. Guest list me up. Oh, my Um, Lord. It's it's a really really nice um, 
Theater at the JCC uh, on the Upper West Side. Uh-huh. Um, seems, I would love to go see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll let you know. I'll Definitely let you guys. Know. I got a couple of boxing it. friends too that I know. Oh, the way yeah, really, 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 we're thinking. Really you know, it's all coming together now. There's mm-hmm. there's a bunch of moving parts with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, also including the Ali people, mm-hmm. the people that control. Ali's image these days mm-hmm. are the same people that control Marilyn Monroe's image. Wow! They 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 got you know um, the image you know from from Ali's family. So it's not. I mean, we all sort of remember Ali um, as sort of like his trademark was sort of like you know he was selling bug spray and it was sort of like all over the place shoe shine polish. Well, right. those days are over. His family well, very heavy-handed these days. These yeah, estates. That's right. That's right. So you know, I'm, I'm sort of dealing with them a little bit to just see like where we're at with this thing, right, and right. you know, and and I reached out to them mm-hmm. um, because I figured that was the way to go. Mm. You know, I didn't want to, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to like put it out there and, and then sort of have problems. Mm-hmm. I, I can't sure. deal with that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but yeah. but they're cool, and, and we're talking and. Uh, you know the, the date is booked for this for this uh, premiere screening. So that's that's pretty much I, I would say that's right the next thing that I'm doing that that hopefully it's all going to work out and it's, we're going to have another great night in New York and of course you all will be invited. Absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> excuse me beyond that you know trying to get this rockabilly thing mm-hmm. moving you know that's a that's a slow arduous process but I learned a lot from making the Alago film and uh, from the hardcore film. And, and that's uh, one of the things I learned is that, you know, a lot of the business stuff needs to be in place properly before you move ahead creatively. A lot of paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, it doesn't serve um, the project or, or me at this point to sort of, you know, rush into something and, hey, we'll just figure it out down the line. Let's yeah. just start shooting. I really have a passion for this and we'll figure it out. You know, um, without getting into sp- specifics, I learned a lot about these other two films that, you know, things need to be set up properly. You need to have an LLC. Mm-hmm. You need to know where the money's going that gets raised by Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's roles need to be defined. Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, this way down the road, there's no, hey, I thought I was, you know, you know, this stuff. Everybody signs a release. Everybody signs <laughs> yeah. a release. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and so, but but I'm excited to be working with uh, Slim Jim from the Stray Cats. He, um, he's a guy I always liked, you know, um, and uh, that's a genre that's sort of in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we talked about uh, a project that, that I have percolating called The Jews and the Blues, right. which kind of deals with, you know, uh, early Americana and, and, and Jewish musicians and African-American musicians, I feel in a certain way this project is sort of stepped into that because it, it's early Americana. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's the same sort of thing that I love and I love mm-hmm. doing. So you know, sometimes, um, you know, uh, you put it out there and, and it, it, you know, we talk about this a lot that it doesn't come the way, in the direction you think it's going to come. Right. It comes from, it comes from somewhere, somewhere else. And, and, you know, just like, uh, you know, with everything Alago's doing now and, and uh, you, know, you know, also me and Michael are, are looking to work together again in the future. <clears throat> That's great. Cool. You guys are a great team. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out what we could do because, you know, we like working together and, sure. and we work well together. So, yeah. You got to keep that team together, man. Because yes, sir. When, yeah. you, when you have the right people that you work with, and you know you have a good, a good con- like way that you guys connect on art and yeah, mm-hmm. on a personal level, that's you really can't ask for more than. Well, that. we both have a deep love for for music, mm-hmm. and uh, and we 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 we're a lot. We have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, man. Uh, besides the uh, the new photo project you have going on, mm-hmm. you have anything else going on, Michael? You have any? Are you still working with uh, bands and, and musicians, developing um, artists and stuff? Right now, uh, no, I'm not working on any uh, music projects at the moment. I just. Uh, Looking to close a book deal, oh. uh, so my lawyer has all the paperwork right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen. Um, so uh, when it does, I'll come back and talk about it. Oh, that's but awesome. you know, there's so many stories to tell mm-hmm. that in the 72 minutes of the "Who the Fuck Is That Guy" documentary, you just can't tell. Yeah. And they're all kind of great stories and mm-hmm. things about the underground in New York City, whether mm-hmm. they have to do. With music or just more lifestyle stuff. So I'm looking to close that memoir deal. And I'm just working on this series of black and white portraits. And every day there's always something to do for the documentary. So I'm doing on-camera interviews and uh, um, hoping to do something for PBS next year oh, in April. Which could be like the biggest thing that I've done so far. Yeah, and I can't really talk about it yet, but... Um, I think it's going to happen. I really do. I wow. think it's going to happen. So I've been doing all this stuff. Tomorrow, my uh, interview with Chris Jericho airs on his podcast, oh, Talk yes. is Jericho. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and just doing stuff for the film every single day. Mm-hmm. So between that, the memoir, and the black and white uh, portraits keeps me busy all the time. Oh, and also, also the, film, um, the film is still doing some screenings, and it's still getting out there. Um, it's screening at the um, in uh, Malaga, Spain. In Malaga, Spain. Tonight. Oh, no, 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 no. It's seventeen. It, yeah, yeah. So it's still turning up in some film festivals, like That's in great. you know, in, in some places, and it, it's it's still getting out there. And, the seventeenth of November. Yes. Yeah. So all you Spaniards that are listening, yeah. get hip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's, it's getting out there. Drew, what are you doing as far as your creative uh, juices are concerned, as far as music and whatnot? Funny. Okay, so since this is probably going to go on for a few no, minutes. No, it's not. It's I, not. Oh, shut up. I'm going to go pee. Go <laughs> <laughs> so have at it. <laughs> Speak. God. Well, being that we're doing this podcast on the stage of uh, a venue where I've had so many great victories in the past. Oh, <laughs> fucking sarcasm filling the room. No, we've played some good shows. Here. Yes, yeah. No, we have. I know. Musically, I just played the other night with the Drew Stone Hit Squad, which I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sort of like acoustic, um, punk, hardcore, blues, Americana mm-hmm. type of thing. Mix it up. We have a violin player, and Tony Mann is playing drums with us. Um, I really enjoy doing it. I don't get real beat up doing it, which yeah. I like. You know, as opposed to when we do antidote shows. It's uh, it takes a lot out of me. A little I don't more think high an- intensity. Yeah, for sure. I don't think Antidote's going to be playing for a while. It takes oh, okay. a lot to get that machine running again. Mm-hmm. All right. It, it's well, 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 when you decide, you know, hit me <laughs> up. I mean, I got up. Oh, with, yeah. I got up. What was that? Last month with Fireburn in Tompkins Square Park and did uh, an Antidote song with them. That was great. Mm-hmm. I'm good now to come up and like blast one song. Right. Like, a little I'll cameo. Up, I'll come out. Blah, one song is good, you yeah. know. Um, look, I'm sure eventually the antidote machine will get revved up again. Sure. We'll do like a black and blue bowl or something. Um, I have um, someone looking to put together a New York Hardcore Chronicles music, film, and art fest at Brooklyn Bazaar mm. in February. We're talking cool. about maybe Jerry's kids from Boston coming down and, uh, and playing for the first time in New York in 30 years. Mm. Maybe we'll fly Fireburn back, you know, here for it. And uh, because um, my 
my XXX, All Ages XXX, the Boston Hardcore film, is being re-released on iTunes and Amazon in February as well. Nice. So maybe to coincide with sure. that, the re-release. Awesome. So, you know, there's, there's some balls in the air. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Very Balls cool. in the air. And in almost in closing, I'm going to wish Joni Mitchell a happy birthday today. Happy birthday, Joni Mitchell. Exactly. <laughs> the people that are listening to this, this would be yesterday. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, right. It's all right. We, 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 you know, we, we do things with time and space. It's like that time traveling. Yeah, like that. So real quick, I just, want, I just need to plug this one last, this, this show that's coming up on November 17th. Cool. Sunday. Uh, here, obviously, at Lucky 13, 644 Sackett Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11217. There are advanced tickets on the Blast Furnace Productions Facebook page. Um, there's nobody from New York playing, which is kind of good. Um, from the bottom to the top, you got a band called Urban, Re- Urban Resist from Philly, Please Die from Philly, Gall and Green from Jersey. Dundeal from Philly, Colin of Arabia from Boston, and Ramallah from Boston doing a full Ramallah set plus a bunch of classic Blood for Blood songs. Um, just want to give a shout out to Jeff from Dundeal. I appreciate you. Thank you for inviting me to your wedding. It was a fucking awesome time. Uh, congratulations to you and the Jackie Is Brown. Is this a tour that's out? Or no. did you just put this together? I put this together. Myself and I got to give credit where credit's due. Myself and Jeff from Dundeal. Help me with a couple of things with this one. Cool. And you even wear that T-shirt and the portrait I took of you. Yes, I did. As a matter of fact, I just messaged him that picture that you sent me. Oh, and cool. Yes. So he's aware cool. of... Well, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely wonderful seeing, seeing all of you. Yes. Yeah, always um, good seeing you guys. Glad we did it. Cool. Yeah. So uh, whenever you guys have anything going on, if you guys want to fucking come on, hit us up. and Please Come on. And just... Come on. Just thanks. You know? thanks. Always great. Any, any time, man. Okay. And I like, I, it turns out I like the morning thing. Me too. Okay. Next time we'll I'm get, morning we'll get everybody will get a bagel. Yeah. That's okay. You know, yeah. I didn't get Drew gets, right. a, Drew gets half a bagel. Half a bagel. <laughs> yeah. It's as long as you're good. Better than no bagel. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, you know. It got me out of my studio apartment. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> good stuff. Good. All right. Thanks again, everybody. Yeah, yeah, anytime. And thanks, everybody out there that supported. Uh, who the fuck is that guy? The fabulous journey of Michael Lago. Everybody that contributed to the Kickstarter campaign, mm-hmm. and everybody that has uh, watched the film and enjoyed the film, uh, we really appreciate. Or who has it in their queue to watch the right, film? Right. Watch the fucking film already. Yeah. Watch, watch the, fucking, the fucking movie yeah. already. Stop. What's taking you so long? We really appreciate it, and Thank thanks you. for supporting me as an independent filmmaker. Thanks. Anytime, thanks, Drew. Drew. Anytime, Mr. Michael Alago. Thank you. Yeah, download all the nonsense on your gimmicks. You know where to fucking find us. We're over here now.